Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. I'm about to brainwash Charles W. Chuck Bryant. You can't brainwash me. Yes, I can, you capitalist pig dog. Oh, that's not working. Oh, it will. Believe me, I haven't even gotten started, buddy. I'm so confident in my abilities to brainwash you that I can even tell you how I'm doing it while I'm doing it. You're going to come out on the other end exactly what I want you to do, which is a chicken. You do seem kind of, uh, you know, confident. (laughs) (laughs) Stare into my belly, Chuck. That's not brainwash. That's hypnotize. (laughs) Hey, have you ever known anybody who's brainwashed? Do you ever know a cult member? No, but why do I have a feeling that you have? I've met cult members before. Of course you have. I in have. Your, in your drum circles? They were part of the uh, Kashi yoga cult. Really? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, totally nice, harmless people, but they were part of a cult. And they didn't do a Heaven's Gate deal? No, uh-uh. No, actually they do quite the opposite. They make like sandwiches for homeless people and stuff like that. And, and they don't wear Nikes? No. No, but they wear loosely fitting clothing. Didn't all the Heaven's Gate people, wasn't that one of the hallmarks? Sure, yeah. Nike tennis shoes? And they were all, um, all the males were castrated. They were basically asexual. Slick as a Ken doll down there. Yeah. Wow. Have fun with that. Yeah, but uh, Chuck, you know, there's kind of a hysteria associated with cults. Like, you know, if you're a member of a cult, or even tossing that word around is kind of bleh, but... In the 70s, big time. Remember all that? Yeah, the Moonies, the the Unification Church. Yeah, um, brainwashing was a big deal. Jim Jones's church. I don't remember what he called it. Yeah, in uh, Jonestown. Right. Did you know, though, that um, what everybody considered brainwashing was just just rubbish? What, what, like torture? No, no. Okay. There's actually a distinction I found out. Well, there's two camps. Right. Well, here's the thing. You've got actual brainwashing, which has been empirically demonstrated to work on a person if it's carried out in conjunction with torture. Right. There's another thing called uh, coercive persuasion. Yes. And that's basically brainwashing without to- without torture, which is why everybody, you know, is that's what they think that, you know, the Moonies did or you yeah. know, Jim Jones did or David Koresh did. Yeah, there's usually not violence involved in cults, to be honest. No. Uh, no, there's not. Threat of violence, perhaps. But- Nor is there brainwashing, or at the very least, it's never been empirically demonstrated that that actually works. Right. I think the uh, the willingness of the participants is often overlooked, especially by family men- members. Right. So basically what I'm saying is that the whole concept of cults is like these these uh, these brainwashing machines uh-huh. it's not correct brainwashing machines or brainwashing machines mm. same thing yeah it's good stuff thought reform Josh yeah but all of this can be traced back this whole hysteria over brainwashing mm-hmm. can be traced back to a British journalist by the name of Edward Hunter I don't this is extra research look at you well he was mentioned briefly in the article okay well but he was an, a fervent anti-communist. He wrote a book um, called, I think, Brainwashing Techniques of Red China. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was published in 1953, and he later testified in front of the McCarthy um, Committee, the Senate Com- Senate Un-American Activities Committee. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's quite right, but yeah. It's close. I think I got all the words uh-huh. in there. This is not in the right order. And he basically scared the bejesus out of everybody, saying that the, the communists have brainwashing down to a science. They'll right. do anything. They're going to brainwash us all. Not true. Well, 
No, I mean, it's not like the communists didn't try. And specifically, they tried um, most actively in Korea during the Korean War, right? Uh-huh. Korean and uh, Chinese uh, captors did this to American soldiers that were uh, POWs to some varying degrees of success. I think they said that uh, 21 soldiers uh, refused to come back to the United States when they were set free. Right. And there's some, a little bit of discrepancy because that's 21 out of 20,000 prisoners. Right. So some people say uh, these guys weren't brainwashed. They just, you know, kind of want to come back. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, dug Korean chicks or something. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Or Korean dudes. Or, yeah, we're yeah. wide open here at Stuff You Should Know. You know, whatever you want to do, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, <laughs> we're cool with that. But, yeah, the, the Korean and Chinese captors of these POWs did, in fact, have a systematic process of brainwashing in place, and they did it in conjunction with torture. So it could have actually worked. It could have. And I think this article is great. Just let me go ahead and say. Yeah. Julia Layton has got the goods, bro. She does. She's a great writer. She is. And I love it when we do uh, podcasts on her articles. Yeah. Because they're just chock full of good stuff. Way to go, Layton. And so when I read this article, I, th- I thought it, it all made sense to me. When I when we're going to break it down here in a minute of how you brainwash someone. Mm-hmm. And it all added up. I was like, wow, th- I could see how that would work. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about it. The, it there was a, uh, a psychologist named uh, Lifton, right? Uh-huh. Robert J. Lifton. Right, and he was the one who started studying um, returning POWs from the Korean conflict. Um, and he basically, by cobbling together their information and their reports, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he figured out the, pro- the process of brainwashing as you know, the communists did it. And actually, it, it, it wasn't anything new. It's a 20th century phenomenon, it, it appears. Oh, but, it is? Yeah. Chairman Mao um, actually wrote about it as far back as 1929 in his little red book, which wasn't published until 1964. Yeah, what did he call it? Are you ready for this? Have, yeah, go ahead. He called it Si Zhuang Do Zheng, with, with apologies <laughs> to Sasu over in uh, QA, who yeah. tried to teach me that pronunciation. Oh, she did? She took a lot of time out of her day for that one, and you were more hopefully concerned I about didn't her, butcher uh, it. Her candy bowl. I sat there and ate candy the whole time she nice. was helping me, yeah. So that means uh, thought, thought struggle. Yeah, which which makes sense because what you're doing is you're creating a conflict in the person. That's one way to look at it. But you're also, there's a struggle between the person who's being brainwashed, which is called the target, right? Uh-huh. And the person who's doing the brainwashing, which will heretofore be referred to as the agent. The agent. Right. <laughs> kind of creepy. Agent and target. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, should we talk about, should we just go ahead and, and go over the steps of how you do it? Well, let's talk about what brainwashing is based on. It's actually based on real psychology, right? Oh, okay. Called social influence? Yeah, which is everywhere. It's all around. And there's uh, three different little zones here. Mm-hmm. Uh, compliance, which is... Um, just do it. Yeah. That's a good way to say it, Josh. And then uh, there's <laughs> persuasion, which is uh, do it because you feel better, uh, more successful, more uh, more happy. Do it because it feels good. Do it because it feels good. And then the education ma- method, which is... Do it because it's the right thing to do. Right, which is also called the propaganda method because you if you don't, don't If you don't sure. believe what you're being taught. And we talked about that. propaganda. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was. So basically brainwashing is all of these things combined, persuasion, compliance, and education, and taken to the nth degree. Right. But it's, it's generally carried out, like I said, in conjunction with torture and... Um, Using techniques like uh, sleep deprivation, yeah, isolation, isolation. Is the key. You have sure. to be. You can't brainwash someone if 
they're reading the paper every day. Right, or if you send them out and say, all right, that's enough for now. You can just go back home right, yeah. and watch Jeopardy. Go to the library for a while, cool your heels. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So you need to isolate somebody. Jeopardy. That's the first thing. Yeah. That's the first thing that needs to happen. Okay, so let's talk about it. Basically, there's three main phases in that, that Lifton figured out, the communists carried out. Can uh, I say them? Do it. <laughs> it's uh, breaking down the self, uh-huh. step one. Introducing the possibility of salvation, part mm-hmm. two, yeah, and uh, rebuilding the self, part three, yeah. And I'm not going to make any comments about my Baptist upbringing in relation to brainwashing. I swear, because oh. I would not want to get listener mail. Yeah, no, so, you might just from that one, buddy. We, we won't go there. Um, so, Chuck, let's talk about breaking down the self. What's the first step? Well, it's uh, it's basically just a constant attack, and we're going to talk about this in terms of uh, just for the sake of ease. Um, of, of a military type situation, like you've got a soldier right. that you've captured. Yeah, this is the one that's been proven to actually work in. Yes, yeah, so we're not going to military situation, the prisoner thing. of war, torture. So basically, that's when it's you know you're you're not uh, defending your freedom, you're not doing anything good, you're not a man, you're not a soldier. It's just a constant verbal assault on the senses. Breaking well, you down. Right, and you're actually saying you're not what you think you are. Like, Chuck, if I wanted to brainwash you, I would start with, Chuck, you are not a hipster. <laughs> you are not a hipster, Chuck. I am not a hipster, Josh. Exactly. Now we're getting started. Now, what I would also do right now would be to isolate you, as we mentioned. Right. I would probably perform fang- uh, phalanga on you. Which is? <laughs> what do you think it is? I don't know. I would perform phalanga on you. It sounds like something involving uh, beads and <laughs> sticks. And oils and stuff? No. Actually, it does involve sticks, bamboo canes. It's actually beating the, the um, soles of the feet with bamboo canes. Yeah. Hurts like you would not believe. I bet. Believe me. Yeah, I bet you've been caned. Um, and actually, also this this isolation thing. One of my friends told me um, about. Uh, I guess he's found it in like the Kubark manual, which I've yet to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's called birthday party. And if you're trying to disorient somebody or, or break their their grip on reality, one of the things you could do is you know you're you're assaulting them verbally, you're attacking them, and then all of a sudden in the middle, everybody comes in wearing birthday hats with a cake, and you celebrate. This guy's birthday, and everybody's hanging out, talking, eating cake, you know, kind of fraternizing with the with the target. And um, then all of a sudden, everybody leaves the parties over, and then you get back to business of torturing them, and what it just completely do? throws them off. Really? Yeah, because they're, you're you're assaulting them, and then the next thing they know, you're like they're celebrating your birthday, and it's not even your birthday. <laughs> So, like, you have no idea what's going on any longer. That's what you're crazy. trying to do is disorient the person. Okay. So once you start to become disoriented, uh-huh. you are start, you begin to lose your grip on reality. Right? right. And once that happens, you move in with the guilt, telling them that what they're doing is actually very bad, and uh, their mission is bad, and they're evil, and right. they've sinned, that kind of thing. Like, I would tell you, Chuck, Chuck, you are not a hipster, and you should feel poorly about the state of your goatee. How long have you worked on this? All uh, this is off the cuff, buddy. <laughs> BS. No. Okay. So now I'm beginning to slip further into your uh, the palm of your hand, Josh. Yep. And now you are going to move in at me with uh, self-betrayal, and that's basically when I need to agree that I'm bad. So I'm starting to lose it to the point where I'm starting to say, right. yes, I am bad. So you, you, you do feel your uh, goatee is shoddy. Right, and you would force me to say that, and you uh, made force me to denounce my 
my friends and their goatees and my family and their goatees. Right, yeah. Once you start denouncing things Mm -hmm. that that you hold dear, all of a sudden your identity is on the brink of crisis. Right. Which brings us to the breaking point. Right, and that's when you're totally at their whim. Who am I? Where am I? What should I do? Right, and and you're you're just completely lost any faith that you've ever had in your goatee. Yeah, you may be sobbing uncontrollably. You've reached what we would call a nervous breakdown. Exactly, you've become unhinged and you have lost your grip on reality. Yep. Which, as Leighton put it, your identity is up for grabs. You're right. you're literally a man without an identity. You have nothing that you attach yourself to any longer. Right. So now that I'm broken down, dude, that's you, the breakdown of the self. You have broken me down to the point where I don't even know which way is up. That then you come in with a little good cop, bad cop, and you offer a little bit of leniency. Yeah, like, I hey, might man, give you some water. Here's some water. I can help you out. Or I know you're or feeling bad. Even a break in the torture and me saying, well, I, I I don't want to hurt you or something like that. Uh-huh. Small small gestures just become amplified in yeah. this situation. So now you've offered me a sip of your energy drink, and Josh, <laughs> I'm that's the most kind gesture anyone's ever paid to me. Right. To give me that energy drink, and I'm the- I'm indebted to you. For showing mercy on me. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, that's leniency, Chuck, and um, it's the first step <laughs> of the uh, possibility of salvation right. phase, right? And that leads us into compulsion. Compulsion to confession. Yeah, that's a good one. So what I'm going to do now, Chuck, is uh, tell you that by confessing that you were wrong in wanting to be a hipster or thinking that you were a hipster, right. you were wrong in liking your goatee, Right. Um, you can stop feeling the psychological and physical pain. Sure. Right, you can stop feeling this guilt and the shame that I've cultivated in you. I have a razor right over here. <laughs> right, yeah, you know, yeah. All I have to do is shave. Right, so th- which leads us to the channeling of guilt. Right. So you've got this guilt and the shame that I've created in you. you by this point, you, you and because you've entered the nervous breakdown phase, you have no idea what you're really feeling guilty or shameful yeah, about. Yeah, there's longer, no meaning behind it, but you feel it constantly and overwhelmingly. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. So. I'm now going to give you that that way to get rid of your guilt. Right. You attach it to something. Which is your old belief system. My old belief system. Right. Which is my goatee and my hipster presence. Right. Now I'm actually thinking, you know what? That is where, why I'm at where I'm at today. It was because of that goatee and me thinking I'm a hipster. Right. And, and your That's family's goatees and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything That's the you problem, Josh. Sure. Now here is a razor. And Chuck, it's time for the releasing of guilt. You shave your goatee. Well, because you tell me it's not—it's not my fault. Essentially, it's like it's not you, Chuck. It's—it's it's your belief set. Right. Hey, who's doing the brainwashing here? <laughs> Maybe I'm doing a reverse brainwash twist. No, you're not. Okay. Okay. So, Chuck, um, you're going to denounce your goatee. You're going to denounce your hipster past and your family. You have to actually say it. This is how you can gain control of your life again. I hate my goatee. It's a stupid thing on my face. And I don't know why I grew it to begin with because it's not it's it's not even a quarter of a beard. I feel like an idiot for having this goatee. Chuck. The stupid music I listen to and those dumb tattoos. I know. I know. It's okay. Okay. It's all right. We've reached the end of the possibility of <laughs> salvation and now Chuck, we've actually entered salvation. Okay. We've entered the rebuilding of the self phase. Okay. You are broken down, you're nothing now. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for me to build you back up into what I want you to be, which is a preppy. Okay. Okay? Okay. So, Chuck, um, I want you to say, now that you've consciously abandoned your old belief system, yes, that you realize that this new belief system, being a preppy, is the greatest thing on the planet. 
It's what you're meant to do. Well, Josh, it is what I was meant to do because yeah. being a preppy is clearly the the style and fashion sense that I've always craved. Yeah, I right. just had no idea. And Chuck, because that this is what you're supposed to be, you really didn't betray anybody else, right? In your old belief system, and by denouncing your family, because that was wrong all along. Okay. Do you promise? I do promise, Chuck. Okay. Now, here, Chuck, I want you to take this Argyle sweater. You know, don't put it on. Okay. Don't put it on. I want you to drape the arms over your shoulders. Can I rub my face on it? Oh, in a minute, Chuck. Okay. I want you to take the cuffs uh-huh. of, the, of the, uh, the sweater and roll them together. Yes. So that now you have this sweater over your shoulders and it won't fall off because the, the, the sleeves are attached now. Are you trying to make me a preppy or are you trying to... Send me back in time to 1984. Chuck, I'm I'm in control here. Okay, right? sorry. You've been isolated for months. You don't. You're you're just grateful I have an argyle sweater for you. I am. Thank you for the sweater. It warms my chest. All right. So, Chuck, um, are you consciously choosing this new belief system, preppydom? I do choose preppydom. Are you prepared to eat an alligator? I am prepared to eat an alligator. Do you want penny loafers more than you've ever wanted anything in your life? With pennies in them. We'll get you pennies later, but first, do you want these penny loafers? I want the penny loafers, Josh. Chuck, you were reborn. <laughs> you are now a preppy. I have broken you down from a hipster and rebuilt you into a preppy, and you're better off because of it. Wow. Where did my goatee go? Yeah. You look good, Chuck. My face is all fat. No, it, it looks good. I mean, okay. we'll, we'll work on that a little bit, sure, but we got to get you tan first. Nice little bit of role-playing there, Josh. Yeah. So it all makes sense to me. When you look at those steps, you break someone down. And then you offer them a, a grain of bread, you know, a morsel, and then you gain their trust, and then you rebuild them. And when you look at these cults, and uh, not not the prison of war in this case, but when you look at the cults and some of these people that may be involved, they may be to that breakdown stage, you know, already. Yeah, I went to actually, oh, I hate this. This is like, if I could cut parts of my brain out, I would cut this memory out. What'd you do? I went to a weekend-long New Age convention. Uh. <laughs> And, dude, it was rough. I was walking around just like, you people will buy into anything. And it wasn't that, it wasn't like I just scoffed at their beliefs or, or, you know, the people who were peddling these beliefs. I just thought it was sad that these people were walking around looking for anything to attach themselves to, anything that they could define themselves with, and were completely abandoning any thought of creating their own identity. Right. They had to attach it to something else. And it's it's clearly, it's not just New Age people. Sure. You can make the case that it's anybody who uses something as a crutch, uh-huh. whether it's, you know, church or whatever, right? Sure. Um, but, yeah, this, this one particularly stuck out in my head, this New Age convention. So um, apparently, and Chuck, this is why I could never actually brainwash you, uh, it works better on some people than on others. Right. People who have a weak sense of identity. Uh-huh. Um which you definitely do not. If you have a tendency to show to be guilty and, or feel guilty. Which you definitely do not. <laughs> and uh, absolutism, black and white thinking. which And uh, self-doubt. And self-doubt. Yeah, you've got none of those. Dude, no one could brainwash me. I know. you you, you got a thick skull. Not not you, not anyone. Here, watch. I don't With know. This razor. I, t- I definitely tend toward guilt and... I uh, slash your face. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Ow. I just committed violence. Yeah, you did, Chuck. So, Josh, you can't. Your, uh, agent. They can't study brainwashing. Clearly, they can't actually perform this in a laboratory on someone because that would be wrong. Right, but thanks to Lifton, we have this. We know how it works, and actually, soldiers are still to this day trained to, uh, yeah, how to uh, recognize the mm-hmm. steps in brainwashing, which immediately takes away most of the power of the brainwasher. Right, and also how to detach themselves from the situation. 
Yeah, I would think using in, meditative uh, techniques and things like that. Just me personally, if I was in the Korean War, let's say back then, and I had a Korean captor yelling at me in probably broken English, <laughs> breaking me down, I would. I don't. I mean, I guess when there's torture involved, this is a different story. But I would be like, dude. You're not brainwashing me with that accent. Are you kidding? Right. No. And I uh, wouldn't you just concentrate on the poorly conjugated verbs and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's what one of the techniques to avoid it is. They teach you to uh, focus on uh, on certain uh, details and things like that, or details of home, mm-hmm. and uh, to not buy into all this stuff. Yeah. And they said people who um, who uh, believe in a higher power apparently yeah, are sure. much harder to brainwash, which strikes me as ironic. God. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so. Um, I've got another thing for you. You ready? I'm ready. Menticide. No idea. Another word for brainwashing. Oh, is it? Yep. Interesting. Isn't that? What's the root there? Mint. It's minty fresh aside. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I guess mental. Mentality, it's the breakdown of the person's identity or belief system, which, okay. you know, is lodged happily in this little campground in your brain. Right. And uh, so the uh, aside part, you know, is murder. Brainwashing, you took a lot out of me, Chuck. Did it? I'm sorry. You look like you're you're whipped, like uh, you look like you're whipped like Lee Boyd Malvo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, there's just a couple of famous incidences of brainwashing. Uh, one was Patty Hearst in the 70s when she was uh, of the famous Hearst family was kidnapped mm-hmm. by the Symbionese Liberation Army. Yeah, and um, she claimed to be brainwashed when she was robbing banks. And uh, they used that in her defense, and she uh, actually was convicted. She was, uh, in 76. Yes. Her uh, sentence was commuted by Carter. She was pardoned by Jimmy yeah. Carter in 79. And then cast by John Waters in many films. Yeah, that's right, wasn't she? Yeah, she's in a yeah. few movies. I forgot about that. You know who one of her greatest uh, proponents was? Who's that? John Wayne. Really? Oh, yeah. And actually, that's one of the reasons why her sentence was commuted by by Carter was because John Wayne was such a a, a vocal uh, advocate really? on her behalf, and because of the Jonestown uh, tragedy. Wow! After that happened, people were like, "Oh, wow! Brainwashing really does exist." Although the courts have always been skeptical of it. Yeah, my namesake, John Wayne. John Wayne, named after John Wayne. Did you know that? Your name's Charles W. Bryant Wayne. Uh, I always figured you were named after Wayne Coyne. <laughs> you have the flaming lips. Yeah. No, that uh, wouldn't have worked out time-wise. Weird. Well, let's talk about Lee Boyd Malvo. Yes, he famously, as you remember, uh, was a part of the um, the uh, sniper sniper shootings that happened. Yeah, in 2002. 2002. In D.C. And he was just a young kid in uh, Antigua when he was plucked away by um, John Allen Muhammad, and he was brainwashed, or at least that's what his attorneys uh, speculate. Right, and that didn't get him off either. Didn't he got life in prison without the possibility of parole. Yeah, so as far as the courts are concerned, it's a little dubious. It is, actually, and um, it was that whole uh, coercive persuasion I was talking about earlier. Yeah. The idea that brainwashing can work without violence or the threat of violence. Right. Um, it, that all kind of went away in uh, 1990 uh, in a case called U.S. v. Fishman. Let's hear it. There was a guy who was being convicted of mail fraud. And he entered uh, an insanity plea saying that uh, he had been brainwashed by the Church of Scientology, and it didn't work. And that was pretty much the end of the idea of coercive persuasion. Interesting. We're going to get people asking us now to do one on Scientology, I guarantee it. Well, I'm not doing it. Heck no. Nope. we got to wait for Anonymous to break them down a little more before we step in. Right. Travolta yeah. and the crews will show up at our door with baseball bats. 
There's no telling what would happen to us. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it. That's actually probably the last time we'll ever mention Scientology, too. Yes. Um, let's uh, let's do listener mail and pretend we never did this. <laughs> okay. Josh, I'm going to call these listener mails. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this first one is from uh, Ben Boland's buddy, our, our friend here, Ben, that works here. Yeah. Who is the one that turned us on to the Esperanto deal. Apparently, uh, Tim, his friend, turned him on to Esperanto. Yeah. And Tim says, uh, thanks for your mentioning of uh, Esperanto. I was happy you mentioned Learn New as well. Uh, he says he's a longtime friend of Ben, and he introduced him to it, although I'm sure he would have run across it eventually in his own explorations. I love that. Ben does like exploring. He does. And um, he, he plugged our podcast. We're going to plug right back. He has a website. He's actually the vice pres of Esperanto USA. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So the name of his website is esperanto-usa.org. And uh, go check it out. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's cool, too. Ben said, uh, I talked to Ben this morning. He said that he can read Esperanto but can't really speak it. Really? So I was like, that's a disappointment. Ben's such a cool guy. He is. All right, and this next one is uh, from Rick in Woodstock. And uh, I don't know if this is Woodstock, New York, or Georgia. Let's go with New York. I got the impression Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what do I know? So he's got an innovation uh, to tag on to our three innovations mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Uh, DNA-specific killer virus. So basically, uh, he says, get our boys in the Pentagon to hook up with the fellows from the CDC. You engineer a virus, which is highly contagious, airborne, and uh, bioengineered to only target one person on Earth. So he the unluckiest person on earth. Yeah. Well, he he said Osama bin Laden. Like if we get some of his DNA, mm-hmm. make a virus that would only kill him, mm-hmm. release it to the masses in the Middle East, it'll be contagious. It'll get around to him eventually and kill only him. I don't generally advocate killing, but that is a fascinating concept. Pretty interesting. Yeah. He's like, you know, what if he could have taken out Hitler with no bloodshed, essentially, or uh, or bin Laden? So I thought it was kind of interesting. He said that. Uh, it still has one or two kinks, but so does teleportation, so touche to you, Rick. One or two may be a bit glib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also want to give a shout-out about the uh, Innovations Podcast to Dylan, who emailed us, and I engaged yeah. in a very um, spirited debate over whether or not teleportation was a good thing right now. It was good. It was very intelligent. You raised uh, a really good point. Debate, and I was interrupted. <laughs> yeah. That was quiet <laughs> Now, you guys, that was good. You, that was a very well-thought-out answer. So Yeah, I smacked him down pretty hard. No, it was in good spirit, though. It was, it was nice. Agreed. So uh, if you want to engage in a spirited debate uh, with Chuck or me, not it's me, just probably Josh. not going to happen, actually, <laughs> um, you can send us a come on to Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?